Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Hustling Sideways. I'm Alan Hallis. I'm a music writer. And I'm Jim Love, and I'm a keynote and motivational speaker. And this is episode 32. The we big are, 32. We are, uh, we are trying some new things. We mm-hmm. are figuring out some audio stuff. But yeah. you know what? We're going to, we're, it's a new era. What? For, uh, it's a new era. Well, I can't. Oh, it's, no, Jim, Jim <laughs> uh, don't do this to me. I, well, I'm kidding. <laughs> that was great. It is. You know, and we are, as, as Alan and I mature, the podcast also matures and we yes. try new things and we have some fun with it. Uh, we're actually like semi filming ourselves today. Kind of, but, yeah. um, but we're just going to be doing audio. So there's just like a lot going on today, but it's cool. Uh, it is also raining in the background uh, as, as we sit here in Milwaukee on a, a mid-April, and yep. uh, which, you know, is baseball season apparently when it's when it's still raining. And oh, it's you almost know it. like soothing in a way for those of you who are ASMR fans, because there's a lot of you <laughs> and I'm one of them. I feel like I'm in the middle of like one of the soothing videos. See, you, you get, talk slowly. You get, not surely. only do you get a podcast, you get something to fall asleep yeah, to. Yeah, right. So there you go. I would hope that this is the only podcast that you fall asleep to uh, because <laughs> that would be offensive if you fell asleep to the, the rest of them that we've done. Um, <laughs> we're excited to be here. We're, we're looking forward to, uh, like we said, you know, we had a check in a little while ago, looking yep. forward to next, uh, next 10, if you will. And uh, we have a very special guest today. And this is someone who was uh, referred to me. Uh, I guess were, that sounds so professional. Someone who was, connected to me by by Larry Kaufman who was our our, our guest uh, last episode yes and uh, and this is a, a gentleman who also works at manpower group with me and actually on a similar team as I do too which is awesome okay uh, so yeah I'm getting all my coworkers in because they're really cool Ellen, yeah so deal with it I guess I'll have to find some coworkers yeah to find get some coworkers. find, find some good people uh, shout out to Ellen's coworkers who are not <laughs> on here yet uh, so we have we have to say we have we have mr Garth Callahan Garth is by day a senior video producer for manpower group and by night or I I would say just by passion, uh, the the note writer. So uh, Gar- Garth is an author. He wrote the he's the napkin notes dad. He's got an amazing story, uh, and we're really excited to dive into it. But first and foremost, Garth, welcome to Hustling Sideways. Thank oh, you yeah, so much. Yes, and Garth, we don't have an applause button. That was us doing <laughs> it, but we want to make sure you know that we applaud you uh, physically and mentally. <laughs> Thank you. I have to I have to tell you, I got a chill hearing my introduction. That's. Um, I, whenever I hear myself being introduced, I actually sit back and I think, oh, wow, I really want to meet that guy. And and then I realize, oh, they're talking about me. I should probably like start talking or get up on stage or something. That's me. That's me. That's great. Right. That's my cue. That's me. I I mean, hey, that's showbiz, man. You know, once you hear yourself, that guy sounds cool. Oh, wait. Time to go. That's yeah. <laughs> time to get up. Um, Garth, uh, tell tell us a little bit about where you're from, uh, your family, and, and some some of your background. Yeah, so I live in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, I've lived here for about 25 years. Uh, I met my wife through. Uh, we were both employees at Circuit City back in the day. Uh, she was, in fact, my HR representative. Uh, so you know, take it for what it's worth. The HR people <laughs> want to have dates too. Yeah, um, I was gonna say she was definitely your human resource. Yes, <laughs> that's right. That was so uh, bad. I'm, I'm okay with that joke, but that was so bad. Yes, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. Um, so uh, my daughter is uh, now 22. She's about to graduate college. Uh, I've, li- like I said, I've lived here for about 25 years, all of my daughter's life, and almost all of my married life. Um, I moved here, uh, and literally two months later, eloped with my wife. So uh, I've. I've only been married in Virginia, basically. Okay. Uh, and I grew up in a really small town in Northern New York called Port Leiden, uh, population 670, uh, literally like an hour's drive from any city. And mm. all of the villages around it, or 
equally small. <laughs> just, a, just a tiny spot. Also, for the record, Virginia is a new state for us. Yeah, that's another one. I was going to say throw it out there. So, Garth, we've been counting, you know, all the states that we've had represented in this podcast. I think we're up to like twelve or thirteen. We're in the double digits, and, for sure. and Virginia is officially a new one. So, uh, shout never, out to us. I guess I would say it was never part of the plan, but <laughs> there we are. I'm glad it could help out. Yes. Absolutely. Well, that's awesome. Uh, you know, living there for 25 years, daughter, wife, fantastic. Uh, and also TBT to Circuit City. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so right. That's a wild throwback <laughs> too. Goodness yes. gracious. I remember going there when I was a kid. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, and I would walk in and not buy anything and walk out. So I guess you could say I was probably a part of the problem. I um, was more of a Radio Shack guy. Radio Shack so guy. now yeah. I, I actually also feel like part of the problem. <laughs> yeah. by well, and, we're just yeah. really, we're really bad consumers. But anyway, but yes. anyway, yeah. Uh, so, so you, <laughs> so that's great. Now, um, and so uh, now you uh, obviously work at, at Manpower Group and you've, you've been there for how long? I've been with Manpower Group for about eight years. I started in Experis IT, the, the IT division uh, back in 2013. Uh, and I've held a couple of different roles there. In Experis IT, I was both a recruiter and a BDM, so a recruiter and a salesperson. Um, and you know, part of my story is that I am also disabled, and I uh, I have a good number of illnesses. And the company recognized that I was struggling with my jobs because of my disabilities. And uh, I'm really happy to say that they valued, they still valued me as an employee. So they tailored a role for me, uh, and that evolved into a role in the Experis operations team. And I was there for a few years. Uh, and oddly enough, uh, my manager a few years ago asked me uh, to create a video to help encourage participation in the annual people survey. And uh, I, I said yes, of course, because I always want to say yes to every opportunity regardless of what that opportunity is. And, um, and then I sat back and I thought to myself, gosh, you know, why did Wendy think that I could do this? <laughs> because I hadn't really done anything like that in my career at Manpower. And, I, um, and I'll, I've dabbled a little bit. You know, I made a Mother's Day video for my wife, like when my daughter was three, mm -hmm. um, but certainly nothing that needed to be somewhat professional, let's say. <laughs> So you had like a tiny bit of experience, but nothing in the realm of like produce this for a company. Right, right. Ex exactly. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> so like if, 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 if you wanted me to edit your home videos to make you look good, I could probably do that. Um, <laughs> but I certainly was not going to be making commercials for Super Bowl. Okay. Roger that. Right? Yeah. There's a very yeah. happy medium. Between those two <laughs> That's things. right. Yeah, definitely. And I was definitely closer to the bottom side of that scale. <laughs> and so I made the video and it was really well received. And so people kept coming to me to say, and, and asking me to create videos for them. And so a few years ago, you know, I continued to, like, I was just refining that skill. And last summer, Rebecca Croucher, who's on the uh, integrated marketing team came to me and said, Hey, you know, Garth, a lot of what you do really is marketing related. Mm -hmm. um, so why don't you come over to the team? And it was a very nice invitation, but I also felt like it was a, you know, a forceful invitation. Like you're coming over to the team. <laughs> you were uh, volu voluntold. We want That's right. Voluntold. Yeah. And so uh, I did say yes, because I'm, I do feel like it's a, a good skill to learn. And it's certainly, I love to flex my creative muscle. Mm -hmm. um, 
I actually don't think I'm a very creative person, but it turns out that other people think I'm creative. So that's, <laughs> that's fine. That means you're creative. Yeah. <laughs> that's what counts. Perception's reality. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Definitely. Awesome. Awesome. So yeah, you've, I mean, it sounds like you've obviously had some great experiences and you've picked up this, uh, this skill, which has become part of your career, which is mm -hmm. fantastic. Uh, so talk to us, um, about, you know, this, this, uh, I guess the side hustle world that you have of, of, you know, writing and what, what, what all led to, you know, your story. I know that, that you, that you've shared really around the world and, uh, and now, now here. So tell, yeah. walk, walk us through the elements of, of getting into this book. Yeah. So, um, so this is a really heavy story from one perspective, mm -hmm. um, but from a different perspective, it is just awesomely crazy so mm -hmm. much so that, I, it took me a long time to share this at work because I genuinely thought that like nobody would believe it. Right. Um, so um, my daughter's 22. She's uh, literally days away from graduating college. Um, I guess anybody's days away from graduating college. It's just, a, you know, many, many days, uh, but she's, she's, she's graduating in May. And uh, you know, back when she was younger, I struggled with this, you know, being her dad and having to work and really not seeing her a lot, um, yeah. especially once she started school. Mm -hmm. And so I was kind of searching for this connection. How do I, how do I continue to be her dad when really I see her for breakfast and dinner and then maybe story time or bath time and that's it. Mm -hmm. And so I really scrambled to try to find things, you know, uh, whether it was playing Legos or tea sets or watching star Wars. Um, and you know, one of the things I tried was writing her a note on a napkin and sticking it into her lunch. Mm -hmm. And I didn't do that every day when she was in kindergarten. Um, again, it was just one of those things, uh, especially for lunch. I did make her lunch almost every day. And there was just as likely to be a cookie or a pudding cup as a napkin with a note on it. <laughs> and uh, although my daughter will absolutely call me out on, there were not very many pudding cups. Hey, uh, look, when it's a grade school lunch, those things are currency. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like trade are, up. Yep. You know, yeah. That's yeah. The, the trading scene at that lunch table. And, and pudding cup top level. Yeah, really, absolutely. you really can't go much yeah. higher. So I get it. I, I, I totally yeah. get it. Yep. Well, so, um, you know, when, uh, when Emma was in probably first or second grade, uh, you know, if you could, if your audience could see me, I, I could tell you, I'm indicating how tall she was. So it was probably like first or second grade. Um, you know, I had put her lunch together one morning and hadn't yet put a note in. I was planning on it, just hadn't yet done it. And she kind of plotted into the kitchen and scooped up her lunch bag and took a couple of steps away and opened up the top of the bag and realized there wasn't a note on the top, which is where it always was. And she turned on her heel and she came right over to me and she looked up and she held out her lunch bag, like a Charles Dickens character. And she's like napkin note. <laughs> oh, um, oh man. Your heart melts in that moment. Yeah. My right. <laughs> oh, okay. And and so I figured, you know, if it matters that much to her, that it better matter to me. Mm -hmm. And so from that point on, I made it a daily practice. And, um, and I say practice because I wasn't always good at it. there. There were days that I messed up or, you know, days that I left it on the counter. And whenever I did mess up, I 
did my best to correct it. Right. So mm -hmm. I absolutely was the dad who drove into school and like walked into the school office and said, can you please take this note and put it into my daughter's lunch? That's cool. um, <laughs> I love it. And, uh, and it was just, that became our thing, right? Mm -hmm. it, it absolutely became our thing. And, uh, and I was the primary lunch person and I was the primary note writer and I woke up, you know, at oh dark 30 to come up with some witty saying um, or bad dad joke that she would appreciate. <laughs> and uh, when, when Emma was in sixth grade, I was diagnosed with cancer for my first time. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was a shock. Um, I had no side, no symptoms or anything like that that would have indicated that I had a problem until I had the problem. Mm -hmm. Um, and it turned out I had a 13 centimeter. So the size of a grapefruit, you know, think grapefruit size tumor on my, on my kidney and had surgery and, um, you know, had that all cut out. And, uh, this was right before Christmas and, you know, life was supposed to go on. Although I had a really difficult time really assessing my mortality and, um, the likelihood of me being able to continue to live, uh, mm -hmm. although, you know, the surgery was very successful. So, uh, but I felt like the notes at that time took on a little bit deeper of a meaning. Um, yeah. I wasn't quite sure what yet. Um, but I really started paying attention. And I also recognized too, that, you know, growing up as a woman in today's world is very challenging. And, um, so I really wanted to help her in any way I could. And, and those notes were one way. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, unfortunately I continued to get diagnosed with cancer over and over again. Uh, you know, I actually was diagnosed uh, about a year later with a different, completely unrelated cancer. Wow. Uh, and then a year later, the original cancer came back. Um, and we, we decided to proactively take a daily chemotherapy in the hope that it would help stop the cancer from returning. Okay. Um, it turns out that that was not the case. Uh, so it had already come back when I had started the daily chemotherapy, but I was in between scans. So we didn't know. Mm -hmm. And at that point, my, one of my oncologists said, you know, Mr. Callahan, the median lifespan for a patient like you is one year. And, uh, the five-year survival rate is about 8%. Oh, wow. And yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, how, do, how do you react in that moment? Like, like, I mean, is it just like pure disbelief? Is it like what, you know, like I just, I can't even like fathom the moment and, and like what, you know, what's like the first thing out of your mouth when, 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 when you get news that, like that? Yeah. That heavy of news. So what's really interesting is I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a massive geek. And again, your audience can't see this, but there are star Wars all behind me and I love spreadsheets and lightsabers and sci-fi <laughs> and everything like that. And so, but a part of that is I love to go deep into things. And so when I was originally diagnosed with kidney cancer, I, um, for about a year and a half, that's all I read about every morning as I was sipping my coffee. Mm -hmm. uh, so wow. about a half an hour, 45 minutes every day, I read about kidney cancer and, the world of kidney cancer. And just to put it in perspective, kidney cancer is a fairly rare cancer. Uh, in the United States, there's only about 65,000 people a year diagnosed with it. Um, and most of them have surgery and that solves the, the issue. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but if it comes back, it's incredibly persistent. So um, on a side note, I've actually had cancer in my body every day for the past eight years. Okay. Um, so when my, when my doctor said this to me, I did understand already mm-hmm. what he was saying. However, having him say it took on a completely different meaning in my world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I can imagine that. Uh, and especially, uh, again, you know, self, self-admitted geek here, when he talked about the five-year survival rate, my, my brain immediately started doing the math. And I thought to myself, that's when Emma's going to graduate high school. Oh, um, yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So yeah. Right. And, and, you know, I think I was a pretty good dad. Like I, you know, never missed a softball game and, you know, did coaching until every, you know, she and her friends grew out of my coaching ability. Uh, you know, we went out and, and had daughter dad things and I played, played Legos with her and we watched movies together. And um, we, I think we had a really good father daughter relationship. Mm-hmm. And then I thought to myself, that's going to go away. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Wow. That's and so, idea. right, right. Um, and so, how do I, how do I help continue to raise my daughter after I've died? Mm-hmm. So wow, that is a heavy revelation <laughs> in itself. I mean, yeah, wow. And yeah. I mean, it's it's so because I I feel like like I can imagine people receiving news like that, the amount of directions that your mind goes. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I mean, some people think like, I mean, some people maybe think about mundane things. It's just like, maybe where you're like, how am I going to do this? You know, tomorrow? Yeah. like, but, but, to, but to have that, uh, is, is really, I mean, that says a lot about you and about your relationship with, with your daughter to be like, I, 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 how can I be present? You know, when I'm, when I'm not, if you, yeah, I just, absolutely. I just can imagine the amount of ways, like thinking about this, 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 and then like, that's, that's like the big one. Yeah. Right? I would assume that your brain just kind of goes. I mean, and to do what you did too, as well, and to to study and learn about it every day, mm-hmm. and to put that reality back into your into your morning routine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that, um, unbelievable. But 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 continue on. <laughs> oh sure, yeah. So um, so as I was processing all of this, I I I really did the one thing that I knew how to do, which was I grabbed a stack of napkins and I started writing, mm-hmm. and. I, um, I decided that I was going to write a note, uh, for every school day between then and high school graduation, just in case I couldn't make it. Wow. And incredibly thoughtful. (laughs) I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. It, you know, and I had to do it in secret, Mm -hmm. right? Because I didn't want my wife or my daughter to think that I was thinking about dying. And so I, um, and just to put this in perspective, this news came at about, uh, well, I was uh, a new employee with manpower group less than 90 days. Oh, wow. Okay. Jeez. <laughs> so I am, uh, you know, I'm writing these notes in the dark of night and in secret. And when nobody can see me. Um, you know, I'm trying to write out five or 10 at a time. It's really challenging because, at, you know, after I get to the fifth or sixth one, I start to think about how heavy this project is. Yeah. 
Um, and, you know, part of what this was is um, I, I made a, a promise to my daughter, I will write these notes. And um, there's an organization called Because I Said I Would, and the founder okay. is Alex Sheen. And they are an organization that is dedicated to people making difficult promises and keeping difficult promises. Okay. And I have to tell you, I mean, from, from one perspective, my promise was pretty light, right? Hey, write a bunch right. of notes. <laughs> um, but then the other side of it was, you know, a dedication to my daughter and the challenge that I had getting to that last note, which by the way, was 826. Oh. Um, a lot. And <laughs> it, it is a lot. And, um, and so that story went viral um, and viral in the most viral sense that you could imagine. Um, Alex Sheen wrote about my story and put it on his, because I said I would a blog site mm-hmm. on a Thursday evening. And by Friday, my wife came to me and said, Hey, Gartha, you know, uh, there's this story about this dying dad on Facebook. Uh, would that be you? Oh my goodness. Oh no! Wow. Uh, Which is just another twist in the, you know what I mean? In the road, because it's like now you are publicized (laughs) to this level. Right. Um, now she knew at this point, but even so reading on, you know, somebody else sharing it on Facebook and having it come in their feed was very, very challenging. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, and so by Sunday, we had to sit down and have a conversation with my daughter about statistics and what they meant to me. And please don't go on social media. Um, Monday, my Monday morning, my phone started ringing off the hook. So again, you know, this post was Thursday evening mm-hmm. by Monday my phone was ringing off the hook. And I actually had to like go to my manager at manpower group and say, I'm really sorry. I feel like I need to take the day off. I don't know what's going on here. Um, yeah. And by the end of that week, we were in New York city and we were being interviewed on the today show and <sighs> NPR and Fox and friends and, 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 um, Jeez. and, uh, as we were on the train, uh, going up to New York, we chose to take the train rather than fly because we felt like we needed that, that five and a half hours to like level set and figure out what was going on in our lives. <laughs> right. Um, and, uh, and my phone wouldn't stop ringing and a publisher started calling me and asking me to write a book. And okay. I was like, oh yeah, you know, I've always wanted to write a book, you know, like a one page, a napkin note a day so that parents could copy what I'm writing, blah, blah, blah. And they yeah. said, no, you, we, we really want you to write your story. And I was like, really? Cause I'm like the most boring guy I know. <laughs> Are you um, sure you want me to write this? Right. <laughs> and so, uh, in the end I, I did say yes. And, um, uh, but I also said it with the caveat that I had just been diagnosed for cancer with cancer for my fourth time. Mm-hmm. And that was incredibly serious. And um, if I was going to put work into a book, I really wanted to see it in real life. Mm-hmm. And so they said, okay, that's not a problem. And they started flipping on a calendar and they said, well, you know, a year from now, 
would be March, right? So this, this conversation is happening in March. We, nobody launches a book in March. Uh, it needs to launch in October because that's the holiday selling season. So yeah. we need to have it by the printer and we need to do the legal and blah, blah, blah. And so can you, can you have your manuscript ready uh, by June 2nd? Wow. So that's... I, <laughs> Hello, you're a writer. Can you have this for us in a couple months? Yeah, right. <laughs> 82 days. Oh wow. my goodness. Oh my goodness. As, as somebody that writes on deadlines. Yeah. Ellen's like, wow. Yeah, <laughs> no to way. turn out a book in 82 days. Yeah. Okay. My goodness. So, <laughs> so, so here's why, here's why I don't share this at work because, you know, I, I, I firmly believe that there are many people in manpower group in my company that uh, have probably written a book and there are probably quite a few that have even had one published here or there. Um, However, before the manuscript was even finished, before I even turned in my last chapter, foreign publishers started um, picking it up. And I think that we, it's been published in like 15 or 16 different languages all around the world. Oh, wow. Um, and oh, wow. The, the book was scheduled to come out in um, mid to late October that year. And by August... New Line Cinema had purchased the story rights and Reese Witherspoon is the executive producer for the movie. What? Oh my goodness. There it so, is. Yeah. <laughs> that is, you're, I mean, that is literally, I don't even know how to in, kind of process. In your, in your wildest dreams, did you, did you think that people would like just totally grasp onto this in any way? Like, like I know how far it's gotten. Did you have any sense that like maybe the story would even go viral or like, what were your expectations for for, for that at all, if any, and what it's led up to and what you thought, maybe, maybe some people would share it or any, any, like, you know, I mean, just to go from, from that to a, to, to where you're at now, what was your even potential uh, thought go, going into so, any of this? <laughs> so I remember before that, you know, before that conversation with my doctor and before, like right after my third cancer diagnosis, which was corrected with surgery, and as we were trying to ascertain what I might need to do to stop the cancer from continuing to come back, um, I remember sitting down with a friend and saying, you know, it would be really cool if I had like a thousand people like my Facebook page. <laughs> that would be really cool. What a, what a naive <laughs> little thought that became. Yeah. Right. And, um, and, I, and I actually sat back and I said, I'd also like to sit on the couch across from Ellen and tell, tell parents about the wonders of writing notes to their children and how important that is. Um, so by the way, just uh, so you know, I didn't hit my thousand like goal that year. I, I only had like 800 okay. um, and I have never been on the Ellen show yet. Well, then you have a lot of work to do, my friend. <laughs> I was going to say, yes. Yeah. Well, especially yes. since, since her show's sunsetting this year, I think. Right. Oh, that's right. Yes. Uh, that's true. But, <laughs> but the goals within, within 60 or 90 days after me not hitting those goals, we just like never in my wildest dreams could I have sat, if I had sat down and tried to plan this out, I would have absolutely just failed miserably because <laughs> I don't have that. Right. I don't have, I don't have those contacts. I don't have those skills. Um, but I really do think that there was, um, you know, for me, I'm, I'm a man of faith. I really think that there was somebody else steering the direction there. No doubt. Um, no doubt. Yep. 
and, and, yeah, and we're, we, we, Ellen and I both come from that background as well yeah. of faith. And I, I would, I would, I would venture to say you're correct in that, in that assumption. Yes. <laughs> Given yeah. everything. Yes. <laughs> right. Because really think about it, right. If you, if you truly like looked at the calendar and looked at how quickly things happened, right. Mm-hmm. And, and no joke, right. So the, the story went viral and we were on national TV in a week. <laughs> the movie deal, same thing. They, it was, this is, the, this is like the, the funniest story. I love telling this. Um, and by the way, I rarely tell this, like I, I tell it in private situations, but I really feel compelled to share here. I love so it. yeah, my agent came to me one day. Uh, it was a Wednesday. Yeah. It was a Wednesday. And she said, Hey Garth, we're going to send your galleys out to some people. And I said, Oh, that's awesome. What are galleys? yeah i was thinking the same thing (laughs) and so galleys are your book before it's a book it's like your daughter's science project right so Mm -hmm. three hole punch the gold foil clips (laughs) um not no artwork or treatment but literally just the words okay and i'm like oh okay that's really awesome um like what kind of people would you send them out to and she says oh you know people like um you know ron howard and tom hanks (laughs) and i'm like oh Oh, for a minute there, I thought you said Tom Hanks. <laughs> right. Oh my goodness. And, and she's like, yeah, that's, that's what I said. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> ah. That's a, yeah, that's a revelation for sure. Um, and I do think that we might be skipping a step just a second here though. Like you yeah. got to the point of like having an agent. At what point did you realize like, this is out of my control? Like this is so big that, you know, like, I mean, obviously these posts are going viral. You're in New York, uh, you know, just days and days after this happens. Like, at what point do you say, oh, this is something I really <laughs> need some management here? <laughs> it, it, it was on the train ride to New York. Okay. Um, okay. It, it was on the train ride to New York and, and all of the publishers asked me who my agent was. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I guess that's a good way to, that to would realize you're yes. an agent. Yeah. I, I, I'm like, well, you do you mean my wife? Cause she controls me. I mean, I'm not exactly <laughs> sure what, uh, and, and it was in all seriousness, that train trip was, um, probably the most surreal five and a half hours I've ever spent. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it took me a long time to settle into this new, you know, I used to be the napkin notes, dad. Mm-hmm. Now I'm the napkin notes, dad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. That's, right. Yes. Right. Um, and so, so, you know, fortunately, um, my publisher Harper Collins, uh, has a good relationship with the, my two agents, right. Because I have a video and a publishing agent, um, and everybody has treated us with the utmost respect and grace. Um, but again, they keep tossing out nomenclature as if I'm a publisher or an author or anything, right? Um, right. Truly, I'm, I'm this dad in the suburbs of Richmond who mm. works all day and, you know, picks up dog poop in the backyard <laughs> and tries to spend some quality time with my daughter and my wife. And, and I watch Star Wars and Marvel every chance I get, right? So <laughs> when, when she said Galleys and Tom Hanks, I, I was in a very different world. Right. <laughs> and so I, 
I then was like, okay, so what happened? She said, don't worry about it. We'll take care of it. So they do their thing. And on Friday, she calls again and she's like, Hey Garth, you know, um, we want to let you know, um, we have a lot of uh, producers that want to talk to you. And I said, Oh, that's great. Awesome. Okay. What does that mean? She's like, can you set aside some time Monday and Tuesday to, uh, to talk to these producers? And one thing I learned about um, my relationship with the movies is that I have no idea who produces a movie. Okay. Right? So she had, she had listed off a ton of people that were all very famous producers, but I didn't know any of them because <laughs> I don't pay attention at that level of detail. Sure. Um, yeah. And so I had four interviews scheduled uh, Monday and Tuesday each. So again, here I am at Manpower Group trying to like... <laughs> have these very long breaks so I could have calls in the conference room by myself with these producers um, and, and not really knowing what to say or what to do. Uh, and the last call was pretty awful. So I had had a couple of really good calls and a couple of average calls. And, um, and again, I didn't know what they expected of me. Right. Uh, because I don't have any experience in either movies or publishing mm -hmm. and again the the book wasn't out yet even sure so the last call is at like 5 30 in the evening and my daughter has a volleyball game that evening and um and it's close to where i work so somehow i need to leave work so i can get over to the parking lot and have this call so that i can go in and pay my five dollars to watch my daughter lose at volleyball not because she was a bad <laughs> volleyball player or that her team was bad but she had an awful coach um there you go yep <laughs> and, and and the five dollars really irked me uh so <laughs> i um i'm leaving work like right at five o'clock so that i can get over to the school and do this and now i know my coworkers were not thinking this mm -hmm. but in my mind they were like oh, great there goes garth <laughs> The guy with right, cancer. Right at five. Even yeah. right at five. The guy with cancer. There he goes. <laughs> and at this point, I am truly overwhelmed with all of my life. Like yeah. I am on daily chemotherapy. I am truly struggling. Like I'm like throwing up at the in the break room at work sometimes. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, or right. it's just, it's just, it, it's daily chemo is really hard, really, really hard. And also trying to, you know, um, manage this newfound, you know, whatever you call it with napkin notes. Right. And I would also say fame. One, I would say that's fame or uh, notoriety. Fame light. Maybe. Fame yeah, light. Fame okay. Light. Yeah, I like fair. that. That works. Um, and, and, you know, trying to be a good husband and a dad and an employee and a cancer patient. I just had too much on my plate. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so I, I get to the intersection right outside of my office and the light is red and I am so overwhelmed and frustrated and um i start pounding my fist on the steering wheel and i for whatever reason rolled down my window and i i started praying but not like a oh dear god i love you prayer like a kind of like a hey god you sob you <laughs> um i cannot keep doing this and I can't, I, I need to stop. I need to stop something. I need to break. And if I'm looking and being honest at my life, 
what I need to break. Like, okay, I can't stop being a husband or a, or a dad. Mm-hmm. Can't stop being a cancer patient because that's just not working. And let's be honest in, in today's society, having gainful employment so that you can have really good health care, so that you can manage a cancer diagnosis and pay for your drug, which costs $800 a day. It, you know, so I didn't think giving up an employee, being an employee was in, in the works either. Right. So I said, Hey, you know what? I'm actually okay with giving up being the napkin notes, dad. I, I think that that's what I have to do and I need clarity and I need direction and I need it today. Mm-hmm. And the light turned green and I went to onto the high school parking lot and I had an op- absolute awful call with that producer. Um, she was like, Hey, you know, what's your vision for this? <laughs> what a, yeah. What a bad question to ask. What's your vision for this thing that has now become, you know, your life that you've yeah, been literally kind of thrust life. into. Right. Yeah. right. Uh, and I was like, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm the dad. Um, aren't you the person who has the vision? I don't know. Right. Uh, so it, it was a, it was a, it was a stressful call. And of course the call ended and I went in and I paid my $5 and my daughter's game, my daughter's team lost. And then we came home and had dinner and I was washing up after dinner and my phone rang. So I grabbed a towel and dried my hands. The reason why I say that's part of the story is that my wife questions that I was doing the dishes. <laughs> but I remember having to dry my hands before I answered my phone. Yeah, that's so you proof. know, yes. you absolutely I know, know. The, the I know proof, the proof is in the wet hands. Yeah, I feel that. And it, it was my <laughs> agents, both of them. And I, uh, she's like, Hey, you know, um, do you have time to talk? And I'm, I'm a very sarcastic, snarky person. Um, I'm <laughs> Irish Catholic. So, you know, I, I come by it naturally shout out. Yep. <laughs> and but I didn't say what I was thinking, which was, of course I can talk. That's how phones work. I answered, <laughs> right? That's, that's what I'm thinking. That's exactly. Um, yeah. Instead, I say, oh, of course I have time. And they said, yeah, we, we need to, we really need to talk. <laughs> and so, no good, good right? news, hopefully. Yeah. Well, yeah. but, but hey, when was the last time you ever got excited about the conversation when somebody said to you, we really need we, to talk. Yeah, that's right. the magic words for the next thing is going to probably suck. Yeah. So yeah. Basically. Yeah. And so, um, I excused myself and went out on my front porch because I did not want to see my family. I didn't want my family to see me cry, mm-hmm. um, because I really felt like that last conversation with that last producer probably was not good. And it came back to the agents and the agents were just going to can the whole project. Mm-hmm. And um, especially since the book hadn't been published yet, right? Um, mm-hmm. And technically, the book, like, we didn't even have a contract with the publisher yet because the legal team was taking so long. Like, we were rushing this whole project. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and they said, hey, you know, so and so at Sony Pictures really wants to make a movie with you, and they're going to option it, and it's gonna they're going to pay you this and um. And that's a really good thing. And I said, oh, that's awesome. What's an option? Right? Like, like, <laughs> yeah, like, immediately back right? to yeah. what uh, is the jargon? It's yeah. the option in the galleys. Yes. Right? Yeah. So they, they explain that an option is that they, they're basically reserving the right, um, but they, they might not choose to do anything. And, um, and if they want to continue to hold that right, they're going to have to you know, continue to pay my family every year or whatever the length of the option is. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm like, Oh, that's pretty cool. And, uh, and they said, yeah, we need you to decline this. 
Oh my goodness. Wow. To turn it down. Sure. And I'm like, Hey, you know, so my two, my two agents, uh, I'm like one of them, I'm like, Kate, you know, my story, you know, what's going on. I've got like 30 or $40,000 medical debt. You know, I've got to pay $800 a day for my chemo, um, which, you know, my insurance was picking up, but you know, that first copay really, really hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and, and, uh, and I'm like, I, I really kind of need this. Uh, and she said, okay, well, we need you to decline the offer. We don't think it's good. And I said, okay, I, I declined the offer then. And then they're like, okay, so new line cinema really loves the story. They're just going to bite out. Right. And they just start laying out the whole program and, <laughs> and they will also allow you to pick your producer. So you don't even have to like, right. And you don't have to go with it with whatever producers carrying you along. And, um, and we think this is a really great offer for you. And it was phenomenal. And it definitely helped my family tremendously. And and then they said, and, you know, are you free tomorrow night? Because Reese Witherspoon would like to give you a call. Oh, wow. Again, another, another bump in the roller coaster yes. now, which still, still all must feel completely surreal at this yeah. point. Yeah. What do you even like think? I mean, that moment. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Tell her I'm free. Yeah. Right. right. Okay. So, so it, it's, it's 2022. <laughs> this conversation happened in the summer of 2014. I still like I, t- as I was telling you the story, I still mm-hmm. like my face went numb. I got chills down my back. Right. Because I don't believe it myself. Right. Right. I can imagine. I wouldn't either. Honestly. Yeah. Um, and so, um, and, and again, to put this in perspective, that day was a Tuesday and they sent the galleys out on the Wednesday before. Okay. Mm-hmm. So and again, so, very short turnaround, little boom. time. Yeah. yeah. Very short turnaround. And and what this has done for me and my family is, um, you know, I, I don't think that I have a side hustle. I really think that I have, I don't know, um, this is my why, right? Mm-hmm. So I continue mm-hmm. to write notes and stick them into my daughter's lunch every day, albeit a little different because she's away at college, right? So I've got to right. write three or four weeks of notes at a time. <laughs> um, I... Still, you know, I've been really blessed that I've been, you know, I've been keynote speakers and places, and I've done a couple of TEDx talks and, you know, I get to share my story in a way that if you had asked me eight years ago, I would ever be able to say, I still would have been saying it would have been nice to have those thousand likes on my Facebook page. (laughs) Right. Funny how that perspective changes, doesn't it? I mean, right. I, I have like such a simple question in my head, but like I, out of all of this journey, like, what are you most proud of in, in, in all of this that you've been able to accomplish? You know, I I mean, like what's, what's the thing that sticks out for you personally of Mm -hmm. like, I'm, I'm just, I'm just so grateful for that. My daughter just got accepted to university of Virginia law school, the number eight law school in the country. I wow. love how quick that answer was. Yeah. That's and congratulations. Yes. Well. Congratulations. Wow. First of all, but yeah, you're, yeah. you're, you're a very good dad. That's, that's, yeah. uh, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Through all of this. I mean, so this show, we normally talk about people that have, you know, the like entrepreneurial spirit and they mm-hmm. jump at something and they want to do it in your situation. You're completely thrown into this exactly. kind of, yeah. you know, life just threw this at you. 
And it, it's a testament to your resilience and the way that you handled it, your perspective on things to not only learn about it, but then to go out and then, you know, when this story catches hold and catches fire, now you're, like you said, you're doing all of these things while still battling cancer, mm-hmm. like not still over. actively. Yeah. Yeah. And you still have your family in mind while Reese Witherspoon wants to call you, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like that's, that to me is a testament to just an insane will of like, you know, wanting the best for the people around you and for, you know, yourself. And it might not have been something that like you, you said, okay, I'm going to set mm-hmm. out and do this. But now, you know, like you committed to it and, and you went for it, which is something that yeah. is, is yeah. and just like follow the path, like see what happens. You know, what's yes. the next thing that comes up? What's next thing that comes yeah. up? And, uh, and now we're, you know, it's, it's gotten you, I mean, to have a pretty incredible thing. And, and I still, I love that you, you know, your the notes haven't stopped. That's that, yeah. that's your life. That's, that's your practice. And, you know, it's gotten you, it's gotten you far and you're going to keep going. And I think that's really cool. And I'm sure your daughter loves it just yeah. as much as you do. So that, that's, great. I do have to ask. Uh, because yeah. I'm curious and I'm sure everybody listening is curious um, developments on the movie. Mm-hmm. Is there any, any word? I, I, I mean, yeah. So um, first and foremost, I'm not a Hollywood guy, right? I, I think that I hope that, that your audience has figured that out by now. Um, <laughs> and, and if they haven't figured out, I definitely need help mowing my lawn. Um, so uh, we, we worked pretty hard for a little while on the first draft of the screenplay. Mm. Um, you know, I, I had, uh, I had to devote a fair amount of time answering questions and telling my story over and over again from, you know, from multiple, multiple viewpoints, even. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when the production team, so, you know, Reese, uh, when, <laughs> when the production team reviewed the first draft, it really wasn't, wasn't what they were looking for. Mm. And so they decided to find another screenwriter to like short up or to, I think she actually might have written a completely new uh, script. And, uh, and again, you know, talked with her a fair amount of time and, um, and then didn't really have much going on. Um, I understand that these take, these things take a while, but, you know, New Line purchased it outright, purchased the story rights outright. They didn't option it. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as they're concerned, they can probably take as much time as they want. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and then COVID hit. Yeah. So, I mean, and so, everything. Yeah. right. Per, all, all, all video production stopped. And I did talk to my video agent probably about a year and three months ago, a year or so ago and, and asked for an update. Um, and she said, yeah, you know, things have really hit production hard um companies are producing things that they are you know part of a series or sequels or they know that there's a there's a part two that that's happening so that because they know that that story is going to produce money for the the movie house basically right and um but uh you know she she and i brainstorm a couple of ideas and um you know my thing is I, I don't, you know, I really am letting this, letting it go from a perspective of oh, there is nothing I can do to help it along. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a Hollywood person. I don't have those connections. I don't want to give up my life and, mm-hmm. and make that my job. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I have a very similar attitude to like the book sales and where it's been published and things like that. I'm very, right. I really believe that, um, you know, to this day, so the book has been out for gosh, I don't know, what is this now? Six, seven, eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I still get multiple messages a week that I have to translate through Google translate. Wow. That's awesome. Um, That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, you know, my job, I really do feel that my job in this, in that respect is to continue to, you know, be that dad who writes notes and talks about notes so that other parents can recognize the value in that. No doubt. Mm-hmm. I think that's such a good calling and, and almost like simple yeah. in a way, but, but it's your thing. That's, you know, like yeah. you can still be a model for people that want to do something similar in the practice that, that matters like that, yes. you know, that will have an impact and bring them closer together with their kids. And that's yeah. really what I think every parent's always striving for. And, uh, you so happen to find a way to do that, which yeah. I think is important and that you keep doing it, you know, is, is important. Right. And, and, and everything else that happens is a side effect of that. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's just, so whether it's helping cancer patients or talking to pharmaceutical companies or being on a medical uh, review board or, you know, all of these other things that I do, they're all, they all still point back to the original mission, which is write a note to your kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's amazing to see that one simple gesture, you know, got, got into the right hands and became this big thing but then now has opened up so many different avenues for you too Mm -hmm. to do things that you would have maybe otherwise not i don't want to say not considered but like just weren't uh weren't your reality so much Mm -hmm. to say um and because now you have a personal connection to something like this you you know it opens up all these opportunities for things that you can do to get you not only your story out but to make some change too because of exactly exactly well this has been um just awesome. Garth. Yeah. I mean, we really appreciate you sharing your story. And um, I think a lot of people are going to be really inspired by it and, uh, and, and to buy your book. And we I look like, forward to inspired. Yeah. By I, I mean, already. including yes. the people in the room here yes. uh, and, and, you know, an opportunity to, uh, to, to, you know, to really dive in and, and some, something very important that I, I, you know, that's like a awesome story and uh, an opportunity for people to, to, to be inspired, which is, which is yes. great. And that's, that's kind of, that's kind of why we did this. So yes, absolutely. If yeah. um, now I know that you've kind of got a whole website and everything built around that, but if they want to get in touch with you, they want to learn more about your story. Um, they want to, you know, find out more about just the amazing spirit that you have for this sort you know, to, to be this resilient, uh, where's the best place to, to find you to get in touch with you. Yeah, the best the best place to start is napkinnotesdad.com. Uh, so you know, if I'm on all of the interwebs and the twitters and the whatnot. Um, I'm not, I'm not a TikTok person, although I have an account, I think. Uh, and and you know, in all fairness, right? So anybody in your audience that goes to look at my social media, I have. Um, I really took a pause about 15 months ago, 15, 16 months ago, um, because I I started to get really sick. Uh, mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. not necessarily cancer sick, but things that were happening because of long-term treatment mm-hmm, or cancer mm-hmm. or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I really needed to step away and protect myself and my family, not from, you know, not from anything bad, but just that I, I needed to focus on staying well and staying alive. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but you know, all of my, all of the history is still there and whatnot. And, you know, here's a secret, and this is something I love to share. 
Um, the very last page of the book has all of my personal information, including my phone number. Oh, perfect. Oh, wow. Um, and when I put that in there, my wife was like, you are a madman. <laughs> uh, but I truly feel like um, whether it's having parents connect with me or having other cancer patients connect with me, um, that I need to be open and accessible to that. Mm-hmm, and, sure. and so I have to share with you and, you know, I know that, I know that it's common, right. That the hosts always have to thank their guests. Right. And hopefully the guest is a good guest, but, um, I have to tell you, like, this is the first time that I've done, I've been a guest on a podcast in over a year and I haven't spoken mostly because of COVID, right? So I haven't gone to do a keynote or anything like that in well over a year at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and you really have provided me some really good energy and, and I'm, I'm thoroughly grateful for the opportunity to share my story because it's been a long time since I've shared it like this. Wow. Well, we are, we are certainly grateful to have you on as a guest and to have such an amazing story. You know, you know, we're just a little podcast that can help get that out to the world. (laughs) Absolutely. No, I mean, the the feeling is very mutual. So, you know, that's just, this is a type of thing. I mean, we, the reason why we started this other than the Alan and I to goof around a little bit is, is to meet people that have, uh, that are passionate about something or have a great story to share that can connect with someone else. And that's, that's the whole point, you know, and that's yeah. why we wanted to do it. And, and for stories, you know, I mean, this is, this is one of the better ones for sure. And, and uh, you know, to bring people together and, uh, you know, let them know that they're not alone, but also that, that, uh, you know, to be inspired and, and to maybe, maybe take that, that leap into whatever they want to do and, and find ways to do it. So thank you for those comments. We appreciate that. And, uh, yeah. um, you know, the, your $5 is in the mail for your daughter. <laughs> and you're good to go. Yes. The reimbursement department will take care of that. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. But thank you so much for doing this. Uh, this has truly been a pleasure for us to, to sit down and talk with you. Um, and if you are listening for the first time, uh, it feels wrong almost to even like say like, like, and subscribe and all the stuff we do. But uh, if you are listening for the first yeah. time, uh, you can, you can subscribe <laughs> to this wherever you get your podcasts. Um, you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are hustling sideways. If you do have a hustle, uh, side hustle of your own, you can send us an email over at hustling sideways at gmail.com, but, but we Garth, monitor it. Yeah. Check it out. But Garth, thank you so much. Once again. Yes. Thank you, Garth. Well, thank and, you. And Jim. Keep on hustling.